All right, everybody, on today's episode of Locked on Avalanche, the Avs make some cuts, which kind of brings this roster and opening day roster into focus a little bit. But it's not just the cuts. It's also, wait for it, injuries. How about that? New episode of Locked on Avalanche coming at you. You're Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, X Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. Definitely subscribe to our subtext as well. Link to that is in the show notes below. Chat with Kyle and I one-on-one. You're going to want to do that ASAP because we're going to be getting input uh, from everybody over on subtext before and after games, which are right around the corner, Kyle. we got a week to go. so. Um, all right, you can see our rundown. So uh, the the Locked On NHL section of uh, Locked On Podcast Network, we did our like season previews, and um, I did the the they they asked like five questions, right? And I did it with uh, with Seth Topol from Locked On Wild, who hosts uh, a day of Locked On NHL. So we went through like five questions. Every host does it. Uh, but the host or the shows that have dual hosts, so it was only one of them go on it. So I did that with Seth, but I'm going to bring up those questions now because I have a co-host and I want him to get his, uh, two cents worth. So we'll bring up those questions again. Uh, you can go watch that. I think the, the video part of that is up on, on our YouTube channel right now, if you want to go watch it. Uh, but we'll re revisit those questions and Kyle's, uh, perspectives on those five questions. But where we're going to start is uh, some kind of some some quick news bits coming out of uh, Avalanche camp. And I guess we should probably start with the injuries uh, because get used to it. It's uh, an Avalanche season and we're already starting with some injuries. It, none of these seem like dire, right? But you just see names on an injury and it's been happening already for the Avalanche leading up to today. We, we've. Before training camp even started, there was guys uh, a laundry list of guys injured. But uh, Jared Bednar did say Miko Rantanen is day-to-day with a lower body injury, but he's not concerned about him missing opening night. So that's a plus. Uh, Josh Manson took a planned day off, which I... (laughs) I just feel like Josh Manson has had a lot of days off. This, so why is this one a, pl- uh, 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 a planned day? Yeah, that's what I was just about to say when you said none of these are concerning. And with Bednar talking about Miko not missing opening night, like Josh Manson, a planned day off. Like that was, it's one of those like, yes, it's not concerning, but highlight that. My goodness, how many times, like especially after last year and then coming back and then just like that weird overcompensating for being out and, and then yeah now it's been kind of a rough get back to playing shape and now a planned day off 
it it's probably nothing. He probably had to go get I don't know the new Assassin's Creed game or Forza Horizon. <laughs> but like, come on, dude, let's let's go. It's I, I know, we're a I, week away. I guess a planned day off is a planned day off. You know what I mean? But it's just I just feel like the guy hasn't played yet. So let's uh, let's get him out there as much as possible. But hey, I get, and with the interest he had or has had, you're just maybe that's a. Little, I don't want it to be concerning, but it's just like he's on another list. I, I don't want to read too much into it. Whatever. Yeah. Plan day off. Just just come back tomorrow then if it's your plan day off. Uh, but the other two on here, Jason Polin and Ben Myers, are both day-to-day with lower body injuries. I think this just spells Ben Myers is not going to be in the starting lineup uh, on, on opening night against the Kings. I didn't think he was going to be there anyway because I don't feel like he played himself into that role. But I think this just makes the the decision a little bit easier for Jared Bednar to be like, well, you're day-to-day now, and even if you were ready to go, you're probably not going to be at 100%. Uh, that's just you know adding to why other guys are going to, to be starting over you. So I think you know in Cogliano – was in practice, but he still is not uh, in a contact practice jersey. So it's not looking good for him to start either, even though there was no update on him. I, you're just getting the impression that your fourth line is is going to be Tufty, O'Connor, and Olafson for opening night, if you ask me. Yeah, this is one of those situations where it's you're picking up on everything that's not said. And it, it definitely feels like an LOC Tufty Olsen line because everybody else is kind of filtering their way out. And like you mentioned, like Ben Myers has not done enough. Yes, he has NHL time, but so does Brad Hunt, who is now taking up residency in Loveland. Like it's yeah. it, it, and I'm honestly I'm content with that line. And oh, absolutely. At least to start Myers, the season. Yeah. Yeah. And like with Ben Myers, I know he's like a fan favorite and the whole Landy story of getting picked up at the airport's adorable. But I mean, we're we're here to win hockey games. And exactly. if you're not stepping up, like <clears throat> refine yourself. Yeah. So I think this gives uh Jared Bednar a chance to to play those guys and say, okay, you did it in in training camp and preseason. Now let's see what you can do. You might not have a lot of time to to prove yourself, maybe a few games. But I think those few games will be really telling. If you can carry over what you've been doing in preseason into the regular season, you could keep that spot. Um, the Cogliano thing will get interesting, but you know we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, the other, the other thing that that Jared Benner brought up was Eustace Sandinen, and kind of had some glowing reviews for him. That makes you think that yeah, that this is where they're going to go with it. And and this is another thing where it's like. If he wasn't performing and or, or performing well enough to be the backup, they would have gone in and addressed it. But I think they kind of just bided their time. Let's give him the opportunity in the preseason. If he does well, he's our backup. And I think it's one of those things where he's earned that spot. And, you know, when it came to addressing the backup goalie position, it was odd that we heard about it, that the front office was looking into it. When that hasn't been the MO on how the Avalanche were constructed all offseason. Like Ryan Johansson came out of nowhere, and then Tatar and Colton and like all these other moves, just you had no idea these were even on the table and wonderful pickups. And when you heard the Az were looking for backup goalie, now it just feels like they were just trying to fire Eustace up. 
Like could have been. It could have like, been. I'm sure it, it, it feels like a fire up move, like a front office. Like, hey, we've always been saying it's one or two years away for Usus, mm-hmm. where he now has the po- the the chance to get that backup position. Let's let's just kind of you know fire it up, see if he can really make a stand. And honestly, he has. I know he's dropped a couple games, but it's the preseason. But he's looked good out there doing it. Well, and Bednar said, like you know, that game just that uh, game the other day against Dallas. Like Dallas was playing a lot of their starters. Um, the Avalanche just had no firepower whatsoever, and he kept them in the game mm-hmm. up until late into the third. So I think that was uh, you know impressive when you look from from a coaching stats coaching staff perspective so i think he's done that i think it could have been it could have been twofold it could have been they, they were serious about like we might have to go find somebody but you're right like in the meantime like eustace could have been hearing that saying like well give me the chance and yeah i think i think he's done that i think he's done it so um and again that's another one where it's like when you get your opportunity now you gotta, you know, put up and, and continue what you've been doing. You're not gonna need to be out there as much as you know, like the Riley Tufties and Frederick Olofsons of the world. But uh, the, those few times where you do get the opportunity, take advantage of it. We'll mm-hmm. see if that happens. They did make some uh, other cuts. Um, Nate Clerman went down, Peter Holland did sign his PTO, Trent Minor went down, which we didn't even see him in the preseason. Uh, Andres pa- uh, Pavel went down who by all accounts had a pretty good game against Dallas and Oscar Lawson as well, which we kind of expected, but it was still good to see that he had a good preseason. And Bednar said flat out that he likely will be up if they need to call people up. He likely will be someone that, that they will have to call because, again, he's kind of earned it this preseason. Yeah, he's going to be the safety blanket. Anytime something goes wrong, we're going to be like, don't forget we have a louse. Yeah. And I <laughs> think there's going to be, it's one of those things where if someone's not performing well, yep. the, the, the there's going to be pe- portions of the fan base that are like, bring a louse up, bring a lot. Like people love he, those like young prospects that they just want to throw in and think they're going to, you know, catch lightning in a bottle. He's the um, new Sampo Ranta. <laughs> well, in, in, in that aspect, yeah, I hope the play is not like San oh. Ranta because, yeah, you're not going to be happy with that. All right, uh, we'll get to these uh, five questions, these five burning questions, which were asked across the landscape of the Locked On NHL section of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, we will do that next. But first, we're going to hear from FanDuel. Uh, and you can step into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, we're Telling everybody, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets. That's guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. You know what else is number five? Randy Gregory, the now former member of the Denver Broncos. That was, I liked him, but uh, yeah, I mean, it just didn't seem to go the way they wanted it to go for some reason. I don't know. Uh, That's $200 in bonus bets when. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on today. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. All right, let's jump into these questions. Uh, like I said, that was asked of everybody, um, all the hosts of the locked on NHL side of the locked on podcast network. You can go watch just the the it's like a 10-minute segment that I was on. 
Uh, if you have interest in in the whole league, they did a, a Western conference one and an Eastern conference one where you, those are like hour long episodes where you can kind of, uh, they, they, they take clips from those five questions and throw them in with a, a really good conversation with Seth. So uh, check those out. Those are available right now. But I wanted to throw those questions out to you as well, good sir. So um, we'll dive into it. And they started off with the first question. What is the biggest storyline surrounding the Colorado Avalanche coming into this season? What do you think that what's the biggest story? And and maybe I mean, you could go full season if you wanted or if you just want to narrow it down to like the start of the season. Either way. Well, Mr. Maselli, I watched you. I saw your episode. You're very good on camera. You should do a podcast. I look pretty good, I have to say, yeah. But uh, and to honestly, to me, and I think it's one of these that's going to. This is why I wasn't on the show. My my takes are too hot. Um, but honestly, it's whose team is it in this Colorado Avalanche team with no Gabe Landeskog? Okay, who's going to lead this team through this season? Is this going to be Nathan McKinnon stepping up? Is is Kale McCarr? going to take that you know he's going to start shouldering the load for a lot of these defensemen like who's going to be the universal vocal leader on this team is it going to be taser i know mm-hmm. he's got that role kind of right now he's always right behind Landeskog as the one of those leaders in the locker room that's what's standing out to me because we know we've known we don't have Landeskog. it's not a mystery we're not waiting on a certain date to happen to see if he comes back mm-hmm. it, he's not this season it's out so who's going to step up and be the leader for this Avalanche team? Yes, everything looks fantastic when it comes to roster construction, but who's going to lead this team? Hmm. Uh, I mean, I think it's a good question. I, I think, you know, on the ice, it, you, you got to find who that guy is. And I think they have leaders, but the, the weird thing is we all love how Gabe Landeskog leads this team and is the mm-hmm. captain of this team. And nobody else can do it the way that he does. And I think a lot of people look to Nathan McKinnon and I think he's capable of doing it, but that's a different style. Like he, he, he's like demanding of excellence. Not that Gabriel Landeskog is not, um, but like, you know, you just get the vibe that, you know, Nathan McKinnon will get in your face and tell you flat out what you are not doing. And if you do something right, it'll be like, well, yeah, you're expected to do that. I'm not going to congratulate you on that. You know what I mean? So, and I, and I think, I think on the ice, I think it's him. I do. I, I just feel like he'll be that guy. I think guys respond to him. Um, I think it'll be a collective. It's not really just going to be one guy, but it's going to be the guys that you just think of when you think of the avalanche right now. I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be McKinnon, McCarr, Miko to a certain extent. Extent. I think, yeah, I think Taves. I think Sam Gerrard can be that guy. You know what I mean? So uh, it's, it's when, when Gabe Landeskog is out there, he is the guy. When he's not there, I think you look to multiple guys, right? So. All right. Uh, let's jump into the second one. What uh, what was your team's most significant offseason move and why? Um, and I went the Ryan Johansson route here. And absolutely, I, I had to agree with you on that one. Like going into this offseason, you didn't know who the 2C was. And with one simple move, all of the concerns were gone. And Ryan Johansson is that 2C. He's exactly what the Avalanche needed. And there was a lot of uncertainty and head scratching and, I mean, hurt feelings on how the season ended last year. And it all was swept away when that move was announced. It there, 
the confidence was restored to the fan base. And honestly, the team got its swagger back just with one move. He hasn't played a single shift of regular season hockey, and the Avalanche got their swagger back. Yeah. I mean, and I think arguments could be made for some of the other moves that they have, not to say that, you know, those other moves are insignificant, but, um, and a lot of people would say, I, I think between either Johansson or, or the Druen move. Uh, but to me, I, just the way that the 2C position was just non-existent and, and what you had, you saw the importance of it when Nazem Kadri was here. Um, and you don't feel like Johansson is on that level, but he is just he's on the level of consistency, which is what they did not have last year. All right. Uh, number three was who figures to be the most important player on your team this season and what makes them so crucial to the team's success? And this was kind of funny because Seth, uh, when he threw the question to me, kind of said, like, I, I kind of figure I know where you're going here. And I was like. Uh, no, I mean, I could give you the canned answer of, you know, Nathan McKinnon or Cal McCarr. I went a different route with this, not just to be like different, but I, I genuinely feel this way. I said Val Nachuskin. I think Nachuskin is incredibly important to this team um, for multiple reasons. And and kind of one of the reasons I gave was you mentioned like with um, uh, Gabe Landeskog not being around. I kind of felt like he needs to take that role of not the captaincy, right? Yeah. But just the, 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 the grunt work up front, like in, in front of the net, he's already a great four checker. Um, his value is already big to this team with Gabe Landeskog gone. I feel like what Landeskog did on the ice. Nachuskin does that stuff, but he's got to do it consistently and and play and not have these missed games like we've been accustomed to him the last couple of seasons, right? I, I honestly, when it comes to the most important player on this team, the games are won and lost with Alexander Yorgiev. If he has, if he comes out well, rough, well, <laughs> if if he starts rough, and then we start looking at uses, we just talked about uses looking great, mm-hmm. but. Is that somebody you want to rely on if we don't get the greatest start? It's the heartbeat of the team. A lot of confidence is built in his play last year. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if we have another repeat of last season, everybody will build off that. But if it's one of those rocky starts where it's like kind of 50-50 or he's winning 75% of his starts, things get a little... The defense starts overcompensating. We've seen that a hundred million times where they just fall back and they're right in front of your gift the whole game because they don't know what he's going to do. And the fours have to compensate for the D. It's I he is a very crucial player. Like you could build a wonderful team, but it means nothing if your goalie's letting everything in. I, I mean, I think that's true for every single team where the goalie's important, right? I think that goes without saying. As far as this team goes, I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, he is important to them, but I think the Avalanche just have that mindset of, I've said it before, it's like the Denver Broncos mindset of, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s of, of running backs. We can put whoever we want back there and, you know, the offensive line will make that guy look great. So I, I, I think that the, the Avalanche have that mindset of, yeah, we need great goalie play. We just can't put, you know, a... a a manatee back there and, and, he'll, and he'll be good. But I think that um, I think they're, they're, they're feeling like if we play our game, 
our goalie just needs to be okay and and will be will be fine with that. Sorry. They backed themselves in the corner a little bit by only having like eight hundred seventy five thousand dollars of cap room. They don't mm-hmm. just expect good goalie play. They need to have good goalie play oh, because sure. there's not a lot of uh, like you go to Eustace, pull up Trent. My I don't know what they're going to do if things start going rocky because you're not going to just go buy somebody to be a Francois uh, level backup. I think they're stuck with him. I, 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 but I don't think they expect that to happen. I think they expect, you know, the season that he had last year, um, I think they <laughs> would expect him to do that again. And if they're healthy on defense, they're not going to have to overload him. And they want to have those games where he has those those 21 save wins, you know, or 21 but, shots on goal wins. You know, they don't want to have where there's 35, 40 shots thrown at him. He's they capable also, of doing of stopping those, but you know you didn't expect to. Down. You didn't expect half the team to be injured to the gravity that they were sure. without Landeskog yeah. and be bounced by Seattle. You don't expect those things to happen. You also have to prepare for those things to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, goalies are important. So, and he he is definitely an important one too. So, um, all right. Let us hear from Indeed, and then we'll get to. Uh, the remaining questions on those five. So uh, when you're de- when you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish that you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, then you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed, a suite of powerful hiring tools, like Indeed Instant Match Assessments and Virtual Interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job. So Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements so visit indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now just go to indeed.com slash locked on that's indeed.com slash locked on terms and conditions apply cost per application pricing not available for everyone so if you need to hire you need indeed all right last couple questions over here uh number four who is a potential breakout candidate on your team that people should know about um, I, the, the, the people you should, or that, that people should know about part, the guy that I threw out, I think most people know, but I just went with the breakout part of this, uh, and focused on that because he hasn't broken out yet. We've seen like uh, how good he can be. Um, and if he, again, the health factor, uh, if Bo Byram can stay healthy and, and play consistently, and play his style. I think he's one of those guys that just comes on the scene a little bit more outside of avalanche land. See when the everydayers, if you remember our season grades, I mentioned, I gave you a little tease on who this is going to be. The breakout guy for this year is going to be our Terry Yeah. He's another one that, that I mean, it, and, and he, he, I mean, in some ways I think he's, he's broken out. Again, maybe within avalanche circles more, um, but could he be that guy that is more of a, you always use the word household name, 
Yeah, he could be that guy. Yeah. Especially now that he has like a, a better team around him and Drew in coming in. I feel like we're sleeping on Lekkonen a little bit. Who like you think the fan base is, or you just think like... I, I think with all the new shiny toys, the fan yeah. base kind of forgot that Lekkonen exists. And honestly, the NHL, I can't remember the last thing I've seen about Lekkonen existing. I, I mean, he's not one of those guys that just gets lumped into when, when they're talking about even when they're talking about the Avalanche. You're right, like in all the offseason moves that they made. Um, Sometimes he's just thrown in there like, oh, don't forget they have a Terry Lekkonen. Like, no, he's a pretty big deal to this team. So, yeah, it could be a, a breakout. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's on. He's playing in the top six, so he'll get minutes. And um, that's a good one. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Um, and finally, what would a successful season look like for your team? Uh, and what's at stake if that's not achieved? Um, I went the route of they can't repeat what they did last year and have a first round exit. Um, I would say they can't even have a second round exit. This team is built for championships and it's always tough to just predict like, you know, winning a Stanley cup. But I, I would think like the, the way that I phrased it with Seth was, I think they at least have to make the Western conference finals. And if they if they get into the Stanley Cup, win or lose, that's where you want to be, obviously. But as far as the playoffs go, I don't think they will settle for anything. Le- they won't settle for anything less than making the Stanley Cup Finals. But if they were to make the the Western Conference Finals and it's a Game Seven drag out, bloody mess, and they lose in overtime, you throw your hands up and be like, "Hey, it's just you know the way the puck falls once in a while." Um, if they don't make the Stanley Cup Final this year. Um, I would say even if they don't make the conference finals, I don't think you're going to see this massive overhaul. You're not going to see it behind the bench like that. That's not going anywhere. Um, and I think what they did this offseason, they just do that again. They, they look they, they, they just take a bird's eye view. And if they feel they need to plug holes, they'll, they'll, they'll assess the season. Where were we not good? Let's go out and find those things. But the Avalanche are not built to just blow things up year after year. If it's not working, um, they go out and and plug the holes where it's needed. As long as they have Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr, this team right. is built to be cup or bust. But successful seasons, I say Western Conference Final. Like they are deep enough now where they should just fall into the Western Conference Final. Like you, you get through the first round with a team this deep. You get to the second round in six, five to six games with a team this deep. Western mm-hmm. Conference Finals should be expected. And if you don't get to the Western Conference Finals, you take a serious look at how this team is geared. It's not like you're going to blow it up. You're not going to get rid of Bednar. You're not going to start trading players like Kale McCarr or Nathan McKinnon or Mika Rantanen. That's <laughs> <No>. your. <laughs> those are the pillars of the team. Right. You have to figure out what's going on here and what are we not doing right. We know we can win the cup with his DNA. There's something we're not doing. Is and is the game changing on us? And you have to adjust. But it's Western Conference Final is a successful season if you make it through or not. That's where the Avalanche. That's the worst case scenario. Anything less than that, something's wrong. Um, at least for one more year. Following this year, uh, what we're saying is is 
likely going to happen if they don't make it to like the Stanley Cup final. Because all the guys that are UFA, they most of the guys are UFAs. Mm-hmm. There's one restricted on here, and that is Ben Myers. Um, all the other guys are those guys, those pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Andrew Cogliano, uh, Frederick Olofsson. Uh, Taves is an unrestricted free agent. You know, he's he's an outlier. Um, Curtis McDermott, Jack Johnson, even Pavel Francouz is unrestricted. So those are the guys that you you plug in, right? This is not like like you said. Clearly, your your big names aren't going anywhere, but neither is Lekkinen, neither is Ryan Johansson, at least for another year. Neither is Ross Colton. Neither is Miles Wood because he's got that six year contract um, on defense. McCarr, Gerard. Manson. So at least for another year, like this is your team yep. for this year and next year. And you'll get those just moves that you make in the offseason that are those minor moves. You keep saying it to plug holes. So you have to look at how the season went. Was there a lot of injuries again? And if we if if we're if we're healthy, do we perform better? You know what I mean? So you have to you can't just say like, oh, if they don't do this, you blow everything up. Well, why didn't they do it? it's a bigger question than, than just asking it, asking an answer. So, um, but yeah, I think the way that this team looks now, for the most part, you're going to get this team again next year with those minor adjustments. And that's just the way it goes in Avalanche world. And I think they're happy doing that. So. And if not, we'll go get McDavid and Sidney Crosby. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Why not? League minimum. We'll sign up for league minimum. Uh, all right. That's going to wrap it up for today. Fire away in the comment section for any of those questions. Uh, who do you think? What do you think is the biggest storyline? Who is the most important player? Who could be the breakout candidate? Let's hear you in the comments section. So, all right, that is going to wrap it up for today, everyone. Thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche podcast, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go. Go.